News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. Welcome to Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning. I'm Alan Gilbreth with DarkOakMedia.com. And I'm Maximilian, hoping that I could go back in time and wish you a happy Back to the Future Day yesterday. Oh, well, why not? You got a time machine, Max. Go ahead. So. Well, we told you a lot of funny jokes, but you didn't like them, so we're not going to tell you. Okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm awake this early in the morning. And that is our uh, half-awake uh, buddy, uh, Brandon Olmsted from Geek Tank Radio. You, you should know. probably leave now before, so you can spare your sanity. Yeah. I don't, know uh, I don't have any sanity left. I've been working with Joe for way too long. Yeah, Absolutely. He, there ain't no sanity clause. He knows. Uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And we invite you to go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook. Give us a like. Check out the action over there. I've posted the uh, must-have item of the week. I did not post a video of... Uh, uh, usually, I'll link a video of our great moments in building history, but you guys, I good luck trying to find the exact one to pick. There's literally <laughs> probably 50,000 videos to choose from, and I just gave up. I said, you know what? Somebody can jump on and, and find Just himself. look it up. Just look it up. Yeah. In honor of Halloween, and that's one of the reasons Brandon has stepped in early this morning, uh, mm -hmm. we are going to celebrate uh, great moments in building history, the Winchester House in California. Oh, yes, oh you know are. the perfect video you could have done, Joe, is just link them to the website so they could take the virtual tour. Um, okay. Well, you know, they, they know how to use the internet too. I'm going to let them do it. So, but, uh, yeah, in honor of Halloween, we want to stay spooky And this one. It's spooky, but very interesting. There's actually, um, this, this lady that, uh, constructed the, uh, what was her name? Susan Winchester, right? The Sarah. Sarah Winchester Sarah. was Awkward actually Winchester. She was at the we always talk about the cutting edge of technology. For her day, she was at the cutting edge of technology with a lot of the uh, features of the home. So she was well, on the edge on a lot of issues. Yeah, I was gonna say you kind of have to be when you're trying to outrun ghosts. Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna dive into that. Um and uh Alan and Brandon have some Halloween hacks, I suppose, Halloween DIY. There's really no greater expert. We yield the floor to Brandon when it comes to <laughs> Halloween in terms of the home improvement aspect or the uh decoration, I, I, whatever. You I was gonna call say, it. I don't know how much an improvement happens, but it definitely <laughs> looks spooky. Yeah, absolutely. So um and Alan, uh science well, I don't know if this is science, but uh California you said is getting ready to ban gas-burning heaters. This is sort of a warning tale. This is a major shift in how we're going to be thinking about homes for the future. Okay. Speaking of uh, speaking of uh, gas, Alan is going to get on a soapbox <laughs> and rail against this 1920s floor furnace he dealt oh, with this week. Oh, my which gosh. In turn, it's funny because uh, it, it inspired a new segment, and I hope we have time to get to this. If we don't, we're going to get to it next week. It's mm -hmm. a new segment we're going to start introducing called Design Flaws. Oh, yes. <laughs> Translations, how we bought things that are going to kill us. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, we, uh, and in a minute, you guys, we have a listener uh, request that we're going to get to, but I mm. just want to say this here on the air. It's uh, with a heavy heart. I have to look at Alan. Well, I don't know if I have to look at Alan and say he was right or anything, but uh, um, if you've listened to uh, Tool Talk Radio for any amount of time, you know that my uh, old blue is the mm -hmm. old uh, variable speed drill that I bought, I don't know, 20 years ago. That thing has fallen off of ladders. That thing has been run over by cars. It's yeah. been, it's been, I've had to splice the, the cord a few times because mm -hmm. it got, you know, whatever. I finally had to do the, I had to just be realistic, and I've retired Old Blue. 
Now, that's not, I didn't throw Old Blue no, out. No, Old no. Blue is now in a very comfortable uh, retirement shelf in my garage. <laughs> <laughs> it's joined the tool retirement community. Because yes. a lot of times I would keep it in the car and I'm just like, okay, it's really just taking up. I'm never going to use it. And mm. an Old Blue deserves better than to be stuffed under so, a drop cloth or so something. So, Joe, when so. did you remove it from your truck? Uh, about three days ago. About three days ago. So on Tuesday of next week, you're going to need it for some reason. <laughs> and you're going to be like 30 miles away from the house. Yeah. But it's funny how you can become emotionally attached. But um, I bought this this uh, cordless drill set. And I got to admit, this thing is, I, I really, there's no real reason to, to use Old Blue right now. Mm -hmm. So maybe one day, you know, I'll pull them out of uh, retirement. So. You know, we, we've all got that tool that we do, that we use all the time until it falls apart. Yeah. Mine is my Dremel tool. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I've gone through like six of them in the past 10 years because of how often I use them. And I would say don't throw them away. Just, you know, this they don't oh, no. just discard them and, and, and you get emotionally well, attached. Well, true, that's true, too. Know? But when one of them starts to break down, you can always salvage parts from another. That's oh, yes. true. Yeah. yeah keep them okay. going. I got to admit, I've got a sledgehammer and a giant yellow wrecking bar that I have had for... Oh, 30 you, plus years. Yeah. You sleep with that by the bedside know, table. I know. You know that I actually one, yeah. have names. It's well, Smack and Yellow. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll be on a job site, and it's hilarious because nobody will say, Go get me the sledgehammer. Everybody on the job site will be like, Hey, man, where's Smack? I need Smack over here. And you'll see somebody go get my sledgehammer out of the back of the truck. I, I didn't mean to go it, down the rabbit hole on this, but have you guys ever felt like I felt extremely guilty putting old blue on the shelves? <laughs> Did you guys feel that way? Dude, like if you have a tool, like you're betraying well, that tool? Or? Me and Amy have a ritual, really, when we when we have to give up a tool or an appliance or something, and we will basically hum taps as we walk <laughs> it wherever it is. I kid you not. Okay, I, I got nothing on that. It's I funny. Got, I was actually thinking of. Having Max cute mm -hmm. taps up, but it's funny. Uh, but no, okay. yeah. All right. Well, old blue, uh, long live old blue. I suppose right. so. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was worthy of uh, mention. But uh, all right, Max, uh, cue it up. We got something here. This one, I feel like we'll all be emotionally invested in the answer on this one. Uh, text line: My wife and I are fairly new homeowners. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah, we know that story. <laughs> We want to retile our bathroom floor and shower. The room measures about Ooh. six feet by 10 feet. We've watched videos, but it still seems a little intimidating. Any advice mm. would be appreciated. Thanks, Mario. Yeah, I, Mario, you, <laughs> uh -oh. you need to be intimidated. Well, we've talked about there's more going on here than just technical. Things. Oh, yes. This, this is the whole thing we've always said because I would have to guess that they're going to have to remove tile. Mm -hmm. yeah. There, Once you do... There's no you, turning back. There's and, that hole, and you never know what you're going to find underneath that. You tile. only get to swing that that first that first swing of the hammer. You only get it once, so make sure you really want to do it. And because so, once you bust it, you're, it, you're in for the yeah. entire trip. It is a psychological uh, turn, but it's also going to be an invi when you when uh, Mario when you guys are done with this, it's going to be a, a oh yeah, and and you're going to make mistakes. Just just get to it. You know, I mean, just just accept that. So. I've got a, a list of tips. Do you guys have any? Who wants to start? I guess we start with demolition. Obviously, 
tile is nothing to play a game. You you wear safety glasses. Please wear a face shield. Wear honestly. a face shield. Like gloves. Don't don't hammer, just yeah. yeah don't just grab the goggles and a face mask. You no, want no, a, a shield. face shield because you will get cut up. Those those shards go everywhere. And yes, get the good do. gloves. Spend the extra ten bucks yeah. to get the better gloves. And yeah, uh, don't get you, the little cheesy claw you, things that you go you out want, there and do the gardening with. Yeah, you want that glove that you could stick your hand in an engine and it'll stop the rotor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And we talked about this, have a variety of, now we, we've seen it. We don't know how old this bathroom is. We don't know what he's pulling out. Some of this tile just pops right out. You could literally take a scraper and pop it out. Others, you you need like a serious, um, you know, yep. sledgehammer to, or, but uh, just, I would say get a nice s solid hammer, Mario, and then get the, uh, we, we are big fans of the three inch. Um, it's, it's, uh, go to the scraper aisle at your big box store and it's a three inch. It's got a little bevel mm -hmm. and, and test the blade. It's the real, it looks like a spackle knife, but it's not, it's a very stiff, thick, rigid, heavy duty. Yeah. And yep. that's the best one, in my opinion, for getting underneath, uh, getting in between layers. Can't so. argue with that. No, yeah. I got about six of them. Yeah. So once you get it out and just be patient because this part's not fun. And then, you know, you just got to get it down to where you can put that backer now, board. We are big su supporters of backer board, right, Alan? Well, so. yeah, I will throw in one thing. Because of the size of the floor and everything he's doing, mm -hmm. if you're a gardener and you have a flat hoe, yeah, like for edging weeds, those also work really well for being able to stand up and scrape the floor and knock a lot of that stuff loose. Well... Be careful. It's a six by ten bathroom, so just keep yeah, them I mean, on. You don't want to swing back and go through the drywall. Right. I mean, this is something you got to be careful with. But just because he's got such an area to cover, mm -hmm. and a lot of people may have trouble bending over, I've found that one of those at the proper angle will do a pretty passable job for getting that stuff up. Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, I should say one of the best investments you'll make, and you're going to use this for years. So just go ahead and buy one. You know those. Uh, uh, they're, they're not a drop cloth, but they're kind of like a drop cloth, but they're super thick. It's like what the movers use when mm -hmm. you're when yeah, you're padding pads. your furniture, yeah, moving, moving pads. pads. Get yourself one of those and stick it in the bathtub because, you know, as he's taking it off, that stuff's going to fall in there and you don't want to scratch up the uh, porcelain. But um, the one the one mistake I think a lot of people make before you take anything off, take a good look at the floor and see how s square the room is, because if you're if you're looking at the baseboard, and you're like, wow, the tile there now is going in at sort of an angle, and it's kind of yeah. odd. You know, uh, keep aware of that because when it's time to lay the tile, then you're going to have to compensate. You know, so okay, that you, triggered you just, Alan. You, oh, yeah. you, you just actually <laughs> said something before you take up the first tile, right? You got to take off the quarter round and the baseboard. Yeah, take your razor blade and make sure that you work around the edges of your baseboard. And your quarter round, and this will keep you from shredding your walls. Yeah, because absolutely. they're painted in. Mm -hmm. I know they may not look painted in, but I promise they're either shellacked in, glued in, Caulk, yep. caulked in somewhere. So you need to take a razor blade or a, a good, you know, a good utility knife and go through it and make sure you get that loose and go ahead and take that out before you begin the demo. Yeah, and that way, if you're really good. You can get them off intact and possibly even reusable. Right. Now, depending upon the renovation, you may not want to use them again, but get those out of the way first because that's usually where people, I find people get cut trying to get those off after they've been breaking the tiles. Sure. Because all those little sharp edges are underneath there. Yeah. Um, here's something else, uh, Mario. So when you, um, 
when you take some pictures before and like we said Ooh, study the floor pictures. and get a sense of where the uh, how square your room is because hopefully it is but uh with tile you're not going to just start necessarily at the at one wall and uh. start going to the other wall usually you more or less start in the center you you establish a square you're, it's kind of you know depending on the shape of the room you might start in literally in the center of the room establish a square line it's a good time to have a chalk line with mm -hmm. you do careful measurements and and always alan i know you're going to support this do a dry run lay oh, every piece oh, of tile down oh my gosh yes and put it put the spacers in put everything down and don't don't glue anything yet because that's the time when yep. you can fix it later do, or do just not play it, so. with the thin set yet leave it alone i think that's yeah. where people make mistakes they start gluing and slinging and you know well and it's the fact that and, and joe you and i have brought this up many many times your house has moved. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if it was perfectly 100% laser square 10 years ago when they built this house. Right. Your house has wiggled, shimmied, expanded, and contracted since then. And as Brandon has pointed out, you still don't know what's under there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. exactly. So, and, 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 and uh, we should say, too, like we said, make sure... Whatever surface you're working on, we're, we're big advocates of just get rid of everything and lay down this, uh, it's like a half-inch backer board, which oh, yeah. is sort of a concrete material, and and the, and the tile sticks really nice to that. And, and that way, you don't want to just have a wavy floor. You don't want mm -mm. anything with any dust. You don't want anything where wood is you rotted. You don't want it creaking want... either. Right. That's, that's another kind of weird side effect of mismatching plywood. That's a good point, Al. You should you should get the, get the backer board down get everything and just walk around on it and yeah. if you hear a squeak you, you take a some more three inch drill and just yeah. or screw and just zip in there but uh do the dry run what else I, I would say too um you know sometimes you go to the the big box store and you're picking out your tile and you go ooh that that grout color is really nice well is it going to be nice in 3 months after the dogs have run on it and really think about your colors uh, man Brandon yeah, after you. the dogs yeah. ran on it you, know. you also you also want to make sure that the lighting that you are seeing it under uh, matches the lighting you're going to actually have it displayed under mm -hmm. because that is almost never the same right yeah right, and there's and this is one of my favorite ones so Joe can roll his eyes already Go ahead and get you a little 12 by 12 board from the scrap section and practice one. Oh, I'm not put the, I'm put not arguing with you on, on this one. Well, yeah. put the grout on it, then set it together. You're just going to make a little 12 by 12. And then I'm going to look yeah. at Brandon and say, take that in the bathroom and yes. look at it. Right. And go, because this is what it's going to look like Absolutely. on the wall or on the floor. No, I'm, I'm with you because on that one, Alan. Because yep. you will be shocked and how much color can change from the living room to the kitchen to the bathroom. And yeah. and, and uh, when you start grouting, if you've never grouted before, you're going to go, oh, my gosh. You, you rub it in there. It's going to it's gonna look awful because this cloudy film is going to mm -hmm. land on there. Don't panic. Don't it, it, It'll come off. But, right. just, but also, don't leave too much on. But mostly, you can get grout off of tile. But, he yeah. just gave me a, Brandon just gave me a side thought. He yeah. didn't even know he did, but he did. Of are you changing the lighting in this room? Uh, okay. Are you changing the lighting? If you're changing the lighting, do that first. Absolutely. Oh, good point. Yeah. And, and I'm gonna. I'm. You could get yeah. all this done and maybe slap and put whatever in those paint color new you're putting LED up there. Yeah. moisture resistant lights up there. Yeah. And discover that that beautiful light gray that you decided is now yeah. a 
funky. It now looks dirty. But, That's true. And as Joe was just saying, you want you know get that light in there and then decide if you want to repaint before you do the tile as well. Because the way those walls mm. are going to look, it's also going to affect how the tile is going to you know, look in the overall. Yeah. And that lighting will change everything about your bathroom. Yeah. And I'm going to say this just from an artistic standpoint. Don't get too, uh, you know, fancy with your tiles. Because um, once you lay it wrong, the one, uh, one mm. piece wrong, you have to bring it all back up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, that's who, why we say as, for sure do a dry run. And also yeah, the as, other thing. As someone who's done mosaics in the past, <laughs> that oh, is yeah. a bad idea. That's not the first. Yeah. I wouldn't do that as a first bathroom. Mm -hmm. Also, think carefully about the size of the grout line that you're putting in because sometimes you get those spacers and you don't real okay it, it's a it's a fine line though i i don't like a lot of grout but mm -hmm. however if it's too small of a line the grout's gonna pop out especially on the floor like you yeah. have to have i would recommend what a quarter inch not a quarter inch maybe well they make they they three thirty seconds the actual bathroom spacer well, they Which make a few different sizes, right. so, yeah, but but uh, we didn't hear what tile size they want to do right. or whatever. Well, you that know, depends so. on, are they doing 16-inch tiles, 12, they're doing subway tile, or right. they doing, are they going to yeah. get down in there with the little Pika stuff and do one-inch tile? I I mean, yeah, it depends on your pain level. And okay. honestly, that's, that's one of the things that may be intimidating Mario and his wife is the fact that you've got all these different options. They're not sure where to start. Yeah, and, and one other thing, because they, they said they watch videos— um, be selective in the videos you watch. If somebody gets on there and they're a know-it-all and they're using all these big fancy words, or if the video's 25 minutes long, just skip that. And then if it's, you know, Chuck in his truck going, well, I do that, you know, I would just take, I would be very selective. I got some mm. construction adhesive and just stuck it down there. No, I will say no, some of the big box no, 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 stores no, no. make some good videos. They, 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 they do. And they're, they're usually about eight minutes long. They're pretty pretty concise yeah. and and uh so i would follow those for sure and and check check with your local big box store sometimes they do tutorials right and they have store. saturday classes yes yeah somebody will help you but but mario we salute you and it's it is it is well, we need some pictures i, I want yeah. some pictures on this project well also it, i think it's it, it's the uh psychological it's that you know mm -hmm. psychological component because it's it's like burning the bridge the burning the boats at cortese once you do man oh yeah, yeah. it's gone yeah. well That's the other it. thing is has he ever uninstalled and reinstalled a toilet um oh we mentioned that because that's sort of an important component. Yeah. That's kind of the big Because they are going to be pulling the toilet out. They're going to pull the toilet. So, uh, Mario, let me throw in one more task for you. Yeah. If you've never pulled or reseated a toilet, you got some more videos to watch. Right. It's not hard. It really isn't. Putting in a toilet really is not difficult. It's just heavy. And it's uncomfortable. Uh, hold on, Alan, though. It, <laughs> it isn't hard. But I, I guarantee, and I promise, but you gotta I made this get mistake. It right. When you the, the the biggest mistake I think first time uh, DIY people do is they over tighten those two bolts oh, on the floor. Yeah, I did it uh, the first time, and I cracked the. Yep. And once it's cracked, you're done. You got to go buy another toilet. The toilet. And it's all just because you got a little overzealous. So when you set the toilet down on that wax ring, level very, and firm, very careful. Mm -hmm. Let's just throw one more thing in there too, because get the right kind of tile cutter. I would say this is a time to go ahead and um, uh, get buy, buy the, the 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 kind that you s um, score the edge and then you um, can snap it. But also, it's really it's really inexpensive to just wet to rent a wet tile saw for the uh, job. You, I mean, you can get them for like twenty five <laughs> bucks a day or something. And 
Those they, things cut great. So they I do, would get one of those. So. But make sure you understand back spray. Yeah. Yeah, don't that, put it in your living room <laughs> and set it up. <laughs> I actually walked in a bill, walked in a project one time, and they had set this thing up in the middle of the floor and couldn't understand why there was this gray funky mist yeah. over the entire job site. <laughs> right. Back oh. spray on those things is amazing. So make sure you can put it out back out the back door. Okay. Yeah, I think those are I think those are all good tips too because boy, tile there's a lot of dynamics at play. But it looks so good it's very, when you get it right. And and when you get I'll, I'll say this, if you can do a if you can tile something, there's a lot of things you can do after oh, yeah. that. You know, building a fence and everything oh. else will be a cakewalk. It, it, so. Everything else is cakewalk. But um, do it right and, you know, um like I said, check check the <clears throat> check videos and find the right videos and get the right assistance. Oh, yeah. So um, and uh, you're going to cut your hands, so just be ready for that. <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> get happen. the Band-Aids ready. All right, well, guys, boy, we got a lot of mileage out of that one. We uh, we got a lot to get to in the next segment. So you're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9, The Roar of Memphis. We're going to take a quick break and then talk about Alan's experience with a 1920s floor furnace. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. I'm always thinking one step ahead, like a carpenter that makes stairs news talk 98.9 the roar of memphis i've seen those kind of guys <laughs> stay away from the, that, that job site man anyway welcome back to uh tool talk radio coming to you from the brown refrigeration studios i'm joe thorderson with thor's hammer carpentry and wood turning here with my buddy alan gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com our pal Max over there behind the glass and guest guest hosting today, our buddy Brandon Olmstead from um, Geek Tank Radio. And uh, the reason is, is, of course, because it's Halloween season. Yeah, and, you know, uh, Brandon, you're no you're no hack when it comes to the DIY. You know, you're a homeowner. Yeah, you do a true. lot of work. So you, you've got valuable insight. But especially when it comes time for a. Uh, Halloween because you you outshine all of us. Well, the truth it's not hard to outshine me. I don't really do much, but uh, you yeah, <laughs> you Joe, and Alan this is your favorite season, and you, I, I you have, come up with some pretty creative. stuff. I've always man. felt that you know your favorite part of Halloween, Joe, was probably you know inspecting the kids' bags. You know, you might find some razor blades you can use later on. You might find some screwdrivers yeah. here and there. <laughs> so, but so uh, yeah. So we got uh, Brandon here to weigh in on the Halloween hacks in a minute. So, um, but, but we uh, we went a little long with our advice, but we get we get very emotional when it comes to tile. So mm. we had a, a listener request asking for some tile advice, and boy, we were vomiting out well, all the advice. You, man. Well, you've got to be detailed because tile is a very crucial job. No it matter is. whether you're removing it, laying it, whatever. If you don't pay attention, you end up shredded. Oh we, yeah, we talk about Halloween hacks. Tiles, yeah. tile will really hack you. Yeah, and and plus the thing about it is, if you mess it up, it's very noticeable. If it's crooked, if it's not glued down correctly, if if, if you got chips, there's, it's just uh, you know, it's something to pay attention. It's to. It's so, so beautiful when it's right, and it is so obvious when it's wrong. Yeah. So, well, speaking of things that are wrong, Alan, you really, mm. uh, you were very fired up, and this we thought this was <laughs> worthy of a discussion because. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with these, Brandon, but uh, it, 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 there's a 
type of floor furnace that used oh. to be in the floor. And my mom lived in a place that well, had one of these. So I, I got very familiar with these. So I, I will let you know that all the cousins and everything that are around my age mm-hmm. in my family, we all have scars and burns. <laughs> <laughs> because our gra- my great-grandmother had a floor furnace. Oh, man. So, and, yeah, yep. it's dangerous. So, Alan, what were you doing? How did so, you get involved with this this week? So, you know, oh, always No, look- no, please allow me in. Looks like oh. a loose nail. Okay. Yeah, one out of 25 ain't bad. Yeah, I feel like there is some... Uh... Ah! You don't have any code violations, do you? Nope. How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? What do you think of the house that love built? Ah! Oh, shoot. I mean, I'm sure the person that designed the floor furnace was trying to build with love, but uh, uh, I don't know. Man. I'm pretty sure they hated people. <laughs> <laughs> to, uh, Alan, right. it, describe what a floor furnace is because there's right. probably people realistically there, there, never there seen were or heard of two ways as we, as we hit the 1900s that we decided we were going to kill ourselves. Okay. And one of them was radiated heat. Well, we know you were there. Yeah. Well, let me tell you. Uh, Wait, I thought ideas, radiators were kind of safe. Until you touched one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good point. Okay. And then you melted. Yeah. And, you know, the radiated heat was a great idea because now we could pump boiling hot oil or water through pipes into a, a device in your home that would actually warm the room. The problem <laughs> is, if you touched it, you left a big part of your skin on it. <laughs> okay. Well, you could put then, the skillet on there and cook well, breakfast. Down and, and, and Yes. Well, that was upside. more for your buildings. Right. But also, and believe it or not, suburbia was beginning pre-World War One. Yeah. I'm sorry. Just as an aside, but I was looking at Googling floor furnace, and I literally found an article that says, Woman Cooks on Floor Furnace. <laughs> yes. <Gosh. laughs> yes. You are not kidding. All right. Of Because we began the elevated floor, a.k.a. your house had a crawl space underneath it. Yeah, you have three but, about a three-foot gap of right. dirt and everything. Yeah, and, right. Dirt, know. cats, bugs, bears, right. whatever, depending upon the part of the world you live in. Okay. Okay. So the idea was we got all this room. And we began using pressurized gas. <laughs> so now you had the Brandon, keep gas your mouth company. Okay. Yeah. It's not my fault you're still 12 <laughs> years old, Joe. Okay. And now the gas company began running gas lines out to the homes. And you had the now, what we would look at as a, a about 1920s-style floor furnace. Now, this thing had a metal grate that went in the floor... Because, of course, nobody in your house would ever walk around without their shoes on. Yeah. And basically, if you stepped on this thing barefooted, in the summer, it was like walking on razor blades. Mm-hmm. They're pretty sharp. Yeah, as Brandon's just having this moment. He's just, the eyes are yeah, just killing me. It's like, you know, there and there's, especially when you're a little kid. Oh. And your toe can oh. get between those grates. Oh, oh. yeah. You can yeah. tear that thing clear off. Well, okay. and, and the other thing, too, Alan, is if, the, if that grate gets shoved out of place or something and somebody steps in one end oh. and then then it's a three oh, stooges oh, oh, yeah. thing you suddenly All the way down. step oh. in and it whacks you in the head as you go down so oh, yeah. yeah yeah so underneath there there is basically a baffle mm-hmm. there is a heating chamber and at the bottom of it so that you have to use a nine foot long match is the pilot light right connected to the pilot light is the only piece of technology in this and that is the thermal coupler. And all the thermal coupler did was 
so long as the pilot light was warm, so long as it, it it's maintained a certain temperature, it kept the gas line open. Right. And when you upped, when you had a little control that upped the gas, then it the it would allow more gas in, and the thing would ignite. And basically, you had an oven in your floor. Right. Right. Right so next I, to your carpet and right no, next right, to your it might uh, Usually wall, in the yeah. middle of the living room. Oh, oh is, is yeah. Your your sofa was right there. Yeah. Oh, it just we, so you couldn't get to the couch without stepping over this. Thing. Oh, oh yeah. You know. So welcome to this. Now, these things had to be maintained. They had to be they had to be taken care of. Now, here in Memphis, we're an older city. Uh, for the United States, I know. Uh, for those of you listening to us around the world, you're going. You guys don't know old. My house is older than your whole country. That's, yeah, that's true. true. That's yeah. true. But Memphis is an older city. We've been around a while. So we've got a number of homes that still have these things. Yeah. And some of them still work. Right. So here we are. Well, they well, give off heat. I'm not well, arguing They give off part, heat. But they will heat a house in seconds flat. Right. They can cook a turkey. However, you got to maintain these things. You know, in the summer, put a rug over it. Don't let the cat hair and the dog hair and the human hair and the skin and all that fall down in it. And underneath, Lord only knows what's nested in it. Well, Because everybody's I mean, moved in. The leaves, the debris, the cat, the whatever. And, of course, these things rust. So, I mean, there's a lot of maintenance just a bad to these design. Things. You don't put stuff in a floor because, it, like <laughs> you said, they <laughs> sweep. you sweep the floor. A bunch of it goes in there. It piles up over the years. It, it rusts. Water gets in. I don't know. I hate it. So, them, you so. know, bless our hearts. You know, the lucky volunteer is working from underneath the house. And you, you hear the banging and the scraping and the scrubbing. And the he's down there with the wire brush trying to get all the debris off of it and the wasp nest and everything. Well, and you finally get it adjusted, and you get it to turn on. And, of course, this thing's been down there so long. The minute you get it to work, Joe, you know something else 10 minutes later is going to break. Well, and you're dealing with gas pressure. Well, that was my question. And I gas you, pressure. You didn't even get to why you were dealing with it. Were you ripping the thing out, or were no, you fixing we it? No, we were trying to get it to work. I, ah. I think it's. I think I'd go buy a space heater, yep. man, and call it a day. <laughs> I just just yeah. dump a bunch of charcoal in it. It'll work. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so, so did you get it it's working? The same principle. Uh, well, we did for about 10, 15 minutes, hmm. and then the uh, thermocoupler went <coughs> and died. Okay. So we got to go back today and put a new thermocoupler in it. That's a, This get, is a good question. How much money and how much effort do you even invest in something that's a totally obsolete technology? Like, what's, you'd the, be, you, what's the point? Joe, you would be shocked at how many homes still have these things working. I don't know, man. That, well, yeah, but those were well, those were well maintained. Apparently, the one you were working on had not been. Well, not for the last few years, apparently. Yeah. So, but you know, even if it was, you know, somebody got under there every single year and cleaned it and took care of it and all that kind of stuff, you're still talking 1920s technology. Huh? Uh, we are, we are, we are talking about the wayback machine. But welcome to our jobs. I mean, we. We never know what we're getting into when you open something up and look in there and go, wow, all huh. right, here we go. So, yeah, if you've got one of these things, really seriously consider moving on. Uh, uh, yeah, a, nice, a nice floor patch with a beveled edge. That way you're not killing yourself on that grade anymore. And I, I just think it's an accident. We, yeah, I'd get rid of it. All oh, these things are yeah. just horrible. So. so. 
All right. Well, hey, uh, if you've ever had an adventure with a with a floor heat, a floor furnace, or if you've got, you know, oh, I don't know, to send us your horror stories, horror it's stories, uh, send those to uh, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline 901-683-0989. and send pictures. And honestly, of you, the scars, oh. <laughs> if you send us one that can make Joe cringe, yeah, yeah. oh. All right, now you know who would never deal with a technology like this? They only deal with state-of-the-art, cutting-edge mm. technology when it comes to uh, HVAC. Yeah, if you've got one of these things, call these people. Yeah, <laughs> if, exactly. This is the person to call. Call our good buddy Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration because, really, the you know, I will say this. Uh, heating technology, every, every what is it, every, every 20 years or so, there's a leap and there's yes. an advancement. And, um, man, a, a furnace, even from 30 years ago, is nothing like what we're dealing with yeah. today. They're so much more efficient. They're, they're, they're more streamlined. Yes, they they're are. smart. You can tap mm. it. You can access it with your phone. They'll uh, drop your smart utility home. bill. Oh, they do. And that's what's great about it. It's, it, it's you know, so... Well, what Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration deals with, uh, okay, so they deal with train systems, which are, are the top of the line, you know, HVAC systems. Mm -hmm. They have the Remy Halo system because oh, yes. not only does it, uh, not only are the train systems efficient, but when you put the Remy Halo system inside, it has the UV power of the sun. It gives off cleaning particulates. So every bit of air that's coming out is clean. And everything it lands on, it cleans the surface. I mean, I got I got think ask, of that. I got to ask Larry next time how well that thing stands up to uh, tile dust. Uh, now, I don't Ooh. know about the dust. Okay, now dust is, you know, but we're T talking about tile germs. Tile dust is inert. Microbes. Yeah, you say that until it gets inside you and starts growing. You know what you do there? Uh, you, you call Larry and you have him do a duct cleaning for your house. <laughs> yes, you Brandon, do. that's that's the other thing they do. And then you can control it I all. I hope you're listening, the, Mario. Yeah, you can control it all with the smart home system. And uh, it's just they have a great business culture over there. Let's face it, people have uh, HVAC emergencies, and we've called him on those situations, oh, and people answer the phone, you know, <laughs> which is something you need. I have. Yeah. 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 So uh, you, when, you, when you're dealing with a – and we also want you to think of it in terms of a, a lifelong relationship as well because, like, like we said, when you find a good auto mechanic – you keep mm -hmm. your car maintained and you stay with that mechanic because they're trustworthy and they 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 uh, they're good to deal with and they have the right kind of business culture. So that's what you get with Larry Brown with Brown Refrigeration. So call them directly. You can call 901-362-1881 or go to their uh, very easy to remember website brownref.com. Actually go to their Facebook page too. They're fairly active. Mm -hmm. they're, they you know who would think an HVAC company would have an interesting Facebook page, but they well, do. They you have know? their uh, terrible things we found on site section, which oh, is there hilarious. You go. <laughs> so, all right. Well, guys, it's uh, it's that it's Halloween. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. So this, I'm, I turn the floor over to you because uh, <laughs> it's Halloween. We're gonna what start are we calling this? Hacks or uh, DIY? Check that or breaker box. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I don't know if calling it Halloween hacks is really a good idea. That sounds more like a serial killer movie, Joe. Oh, good point. Mm. Well, it's a double entendre. That's yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, that's okay. The, the Grinch will be chopping his way into theaters here shortly. Okay. Well, we don't want to talk about the main one. Brandon, you've got you always put on a good display in your front yard, and it's never the same twice. Well, I. It, the past few years, uh, we've kind of kept a sa the same centralized theme of just our own, you know, yard cemetery. Mm -hmm. But it gets bigger every year. <laughs> uh, you know, but what has really been uh, amazing this year is that we are, while also decorating our yard, we are preparing for this big Halloween party that we're helping someone throw. Oh yeah, and that led to uh, tombstone building, mm. which. 
I would have never really thought about this. This was all this was all Amy. Uh, my wife, you know, she she's loves, very creative. She loves to make it look authentic. Yeah. And she went and got a bunch of wood and car, you know carved out tombstones. You know, uh, I think it was any excuse to use a sawzall and a jigsaw. Yeah. You know, yeah. she she's she's yeah. a big fan of anything that cuts. But she was able to do these, t- you know, I mean, it's just out of, I would say, she got, uh, I, I, it's just scrap wood that uh, somebody was throwing out. Mm-hmm. And she's designed these tombstones that are just amazing. They've got metal spikes in the bottom, so they'll easily go into your yard. Uh, they've got the rounded edges. She sanded everything down. Uh, she sealed it. And then she decorated each one to uh, do a, uh, one of the creators, one of the classic monsters. Yeah. Like, awesome. you know, we've got Bram Stoker, we've got Mary Shelley, we've got uh, Ralph Ellison, who, uh, you know, mm-hmm. created The Invisible Man. And that one was the one she was like, all right, I, she wanted to give it a, a really good thing. So she gets the paints out. And she did, the, she did a pale paint over the seal on the, on the wood. And, I mean, normally you don't do this with wood, but, I mean, it's, it's a decoration for, you know. The th- she did a luminescent paint on the wood, but then she outlined it in, in, in a dark gray. Okay. So it when you're not paying attention in the dark, you only see where it's reflecting off of the edge of that gray paint. Uh, you just triggered me, Brandon, okay. because that's that's one of the keys. Because we've seen some of these uh, decorations. One, I, I would call these uh, uh, Halloween fails. They they have these really <laughs> great looking tombstones, or they have these great looking designs, but they don't light it correctly. I mean, right. people are going to be seeing this stuff at night. Right. Right. She's got these luminescent accents to. to yeah. Which and, is great. And I mean, see, that's, that's the important thing. Lighting is a big yeah, deal. That's so, always but. been one of our, our biggest, you know, uh, pet peeves. When we look at someone else's display, it's like, it looks great during the daytime when you go past it. But then when you go by later on, right. it's like there are porch lights on, which backlights all this stuff. But you can't see the detail. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, yeah. Amy likes, Amy has these skulls that have tea lights in them. And she will light every one of those tea lights on the two nights before and the night of Halloween. Yeah. You know, uh, but we have flickering uh, LEDs in in all of our light posts, so, so it's like looks like gaslight, uh, you know, lanterns. And then she has all these, you know, like she has this setup which is coals made out of insulation foam, but mm. they have red and orange LEDs embedded in them that are on a pulse timer, <laughs> so it looks like the coals are actually lit. Wait, insulation? Are you talking about uh, Th- that expanding, the expanding foam? foam? That, that expanding foam, yeah. That, you know that, what happened? I'm curious about that, Brandon. Not to sidetrack, but that yeah. expanding foam. How does that hold up after about a week being out in the sun? It, or it can get dry and crispy. Well, but it, it does, but when you're if go- you coated, when I guess. you're going, no, when you're going for that look, yeah. you kind of want it to look, you know, like it's you know kind of dried out. Okay. Plus the the you know the the more it dries out, the more solid it gets. Yeah. You can still see the lights through it fine, but it's like if somebody comes and like tries to kick them over, they they might break their toe. <laughs> <laughs> because whatever you connect them, whatever you use it on, it will fill in gaps in the porous surface, so it will not come loose. Yeah, that's uh, she, uh, she did. Well, it, I know Alan loves it. <laughs> she did, she did these coals on a half palette, right? And with it, she had spray painted black, and then so it, you know, that thing just goes up in our rafters in our shed. During the year, and then she just pulls it back down. That's amazing. Uh, have, you know, 
Have you ever worked with that? Um, my favorite stuff in terms of just versatility is uh, you go to the big box store, and I think it has the Pink Panther on it, and it's like, what, two inches thick? Oh. It's like a foam insulation that— Oh, uh, yeah, the Owens Corning stuff. And yeah. you can cut it with a hacksaw. Oh, oh, it, right? And that stuff, well, you know. You know, you can, yes, you can cut it with a hacksaw, but if you really want to get in the details and everything and do one just right, um, have you ever used, like, you know, a cutting wire, a heated cutting wire? Oh, not it, heated. That's it, a good idea. You know, yeah. It'll it'll get into it'll get into that foam, and it'll almost kind of give it a seal. Now, afterwards, of course, it's really good if you want to, depending on how you want it, if you really want it to look like a genuine concrete or marble tombstone, mm-hmm. uh, quickcrete is actually really good. Just thin it out a little more so it's easily yep. you know malleable. But there's also a uh, monster mud. Monster <laughs> mud's amazing, but I actually what's prefer- monster mud? I monster know. it's it's kind of it's kind of a ceramic sealant. Where do you get that? Uh, it, well, you kind of have you have to order it online. You're not going to find it at the Home Depot, <laughs> but you can. Monster there are mud. also recipes to make your own. Okay. Yes. Um, but one of the things I like to use with stuff like that, especially to get in the crevices for when you 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 got your carvings, is Plasti Dip, uh, because it'll seal it just yeah. right so that if like if you know it won't be water damaged, you won't have to worry about a whole lot of grime or anything inside of it. And of course, you know you can get Plasti Dip in in either you know your your your, your, little, your little gallon cans, container, your little or, cans, or you can get cans, it in a spray. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but uh, can you paint over that? Yes. Okay. Yes, you can. Because some of that shellacky um, kind of stuff, it's hard to paint over. See, so. we use a lot. We my I first started using plastic dip when I was doing EVA foam props. Hmm. Yeah. Like Amy did a bunch of uh, you know witches hats. I did a few uh, you know like cemetery tools. Right. Like you know a shovel, which I will say that you got to make sure you put this stuff down because the shovel my shovel was stolen a couple years ago. I just never have gone back and make it, made a new one. Oh yeah. But it's you know. It's very versatile. It stands up to the weather and the elements. Um, but last year, we made, and Joe helped out a lot on this one, and I made a candy coffin. Yes, you did. Yeah, uh, and I'm horrified of, that you stuck that thing outside, man, because that took hours to make. So, but yeah. it, And and the thing is, though, is that it is still standing up. It's perfect. I, it, you know, we, we took it all apart. We, you know, I'm putting, I've got it set up to go back out next weekend. It, you know, it stood up to the elements because it was a, it was a sealed art wood. It was mm-hmm. a craft wood. It wasn't something you would use to, like, do your fences or, you know, new right. shutters on your house. But all I needed to do was, uh, you know, give it a little bit of a weathering, uh, you know, look, which Amy did with, you know, a, a, sealer, a sealer stain. And it got into those crevices, and it stood up to the weather really well. Uh, okay. Where do you stand on inflatable designs? In- I mean, inflatable displays. Okay. Inflatables are great as long as you have a good outdoor power source bingo i don't (laughs) i don't uh you know my lights are all either battery operated or solar except for you of course my my porch light and the you know the light out in my yard those those are wired. Mm -hmm. but if you've got a good power source uh there's inflatables are fun especially if you've got kids because it you know they can help you know get everything set up and just the way a child's face lights up when they get to go hit the pump yeah. To, to inflate it, those things. Because they, they know that they help, too. Alan will tell you the same thing about cooking one day when we're doing a cooking show again. But it's it's just depending on what you get. Now, I don't I don't suggest going and getting a ton of them. Well, because, it, here was my – the reason I asked, Brandon, is because of this job I'm at. You know, I've been on right. this job forever down uh, in Midtown. Well, 
she's got about five inflatables, and some of them look great. And then there's one, if you get even the slightest breeze, it like bends sideways and it looks odd. And, and right. it's, maybe it's too tall. Maybe it's a weird configuration. So I guess you got to think about those yeah. things. Too. Uh, it's like, I, 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 I will oh. tell you, it's like if you get one, yeah. like, like the one that I see a lot that's usually warped and out of shape is a Jack Skellington because of how thin he They're is. They're thin and tall, yeah. Right. You what you make need sure... to do is is put up, this where fishing line becomes your best friend. Oh, yeah. And you need to you build kind of an invisible support yeah. web behind him to keep him more what, or less where you want him. What's, right. a re- what's a really good way of doing that is if you manage to, if you want to put him out where he's freestanding, yeah. put him between two trees that you've got. Mm-hmm. Run one line across from tree to tree, connect him in at least three places. Yeah, from him to that to that line, and then one more that goes from his back to wherever you've got the pump at. Have you ever dealt with these? I've I've been seeing these lately at the big box store. You see, literally, it's like a fifteen foot tall skeleton or something. I, I assume mm, it right. comes apart. But it does. I mean, then you got to store it the rest of the year. So Do you deal with that. So I, I, you know, there was a moment I used to want one of these things from the moment they said, "All right, look, look, Brandon, you need a giant skeleton." And I was like. Yes, I need a giant skeleton. And then I saw how many pieces it comes mm-hmm. in. Right. And how you have to get up on a ladder to put it together. And then how you have to power it because they are electronic. They have light up oh, eyes yeah. and everything. Yep. It's not worth the hassle to put it together. It's not worth the hassle to store it. The storage now, is the I, part. I, if you got a massive you know, shed and that's what you look now, for, go for it. Now, I, I don't yeah. say, uh, you know, if, if you've got the space to store it and you've you got the patience to take it apart and put it back together, um, I know that there's a house in Bartlett that has three of those and one wow. of the giant, you know, flaming pumpkin monsters. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that would be awesome if I had patience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Joe, you've seen me when we're breaking down promotional you know, yeah. and everything. You're ready to go. I'm just okay. like, I'm, you know, just I'm let's done. leave it. We'll buy a new one. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. Well, we, you don't want to do that with a three hundred dollars skeleton. We'd no. love to hear your thoughts if you got any good Halloween stories or Halloween hacks, you know. Feel free to weigh in at the big M roofing and remodeling hotline, 901-683-0989. Well, the first hour of Tool Talk Radio is in the can, but stand by. We got a great uh a great second hour coming up, and we're going to kick it off with great moments in building history, the haunted Winchester House. News Talk 98.9, the roar of Memphis. Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. And welcome to Hour 2 of Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass, and our guest host today, Brandon Olmstead from Geek Tank Radio, because you would have to, uh, you'd have to bar the doors, you would have to barricade the studio to keep him out of here when we're a week out of ho- from mm-hmm. Halloween. Absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, and, and hey, Halloween hacks is a, is a legitimate home. It's it's part of your home. Yeah. It's it, a big it, thing. And there's no better expert yeah. than Brandon Olmstead. And, and don't worry, I will be back when it's time to talk about the Christmas ones, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but your Christmas ones are, you know... They're a little off theme. They leave a little bit to be desired. So they, they you know, whatever. We'll they're, see. They're, they're very festive. Okay. Yeah, that's Skeletons. a good word. Yeah. If you want to chime in today, you can call or text us at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And I would remind you, you can call or text. And you can also send 
pictures. If oh, you've yes. got some great, if you're really proud of your Halloween display, send send I, those over, and you can send them any day fact, of the week. I'm going to use my uh, my my position with the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. Okay, if you send send us your pictures of your decorated Halloween house, and I will choose my personal favorite and give you two passes to the Piranha Room oh. Saturday night at the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. Okay. Because if you've got a good Halloween display, I got a feeling you're going to like a night of goth, 80s goth music and art. Well, we should. Okay. That, I'm, you know, Brandon, you 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 laid it on the table. And we, we don't do this very often because, you know, only when it's that certain time of right. year. But we are less than a month away from the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, which we also run, which uh, it, it's, it's a little, you know, we're talking tools and stuff on the show here but you know we we deal in geekdom I, and it's uh it's i think a, with the crafting you put into the things like the prana room it belongs here yeah okay boys enough shameless advertisements yeah. <laughs> but check it out go to memphis cfc it's going to be november 18th through <clears throat> 18th through 20th at the memphis marriott east it's a lot of fun and uh you're really going to enjoy it it's a great family event too so all right but uh guys in a minute we're going to get to our great moments in building history but let's just knock this out because this is a fairly quick one we have uh our must-have item of the week and uh now this is i mean Nothing complicated here. Tell people what I'm holding up. You, you know. are holding up the Mercedes of lunch bags that I have ever seen. I, I'll give you that. You know, it caught my attention. If you go to our Facebook page, uh, go to Tool Talk Radio on Facebook, I posted a picture of a lunchbox I bought about five months ago because just like Old Blue, my lunchbox was about 20 <laughs> years old. It, it was ripped. The zipper didn't work anymore. Yeah. It was not insulating. And I'm like, okay, it's time to let that one go. Yep. So I got this, and what I like about this, uh, it's a Titan lunchbox. It's it's insulated. It's got the little, um, I want to say, plastic tub inside. So if you want, you could throw ice in there. You could throw. Mm -hmm. I just keep my snacks and everything, and I'll throw an ice pack in there. They call it stays thing, cold all day. The Titan Deep Freeze. It yes. is. It's a great one. And and it's 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 got a very. It doesn't have a zipper. It's got this little seal. You know, you lift the top, and then the the friction kind of holds it together. But Brandon made a good point. You can remove the tub and run it through your dishwasher. I think that we all need one of these for whenever we're on location during the summer. Yeah. Oh, that thing, yeah. It, I got to tell you, that is like the up end. Yeah. If you have one of these, now this thing, the thing that gets me is it's like a cargo pants. This thing's got pockets. That's Everyone, why I got all it. around this thing, you got storage for days. I got my Band-Aids on the side because oh, those yeah. get used frequently. Mm, and right. I got, yeah, it's 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 perfect. And um it's it's like we say it only takes a little more to go first class i i could have chosen the twenty dollar one or mm -hmm. the thirty dollar option and of course this one i mean it's so much better for the extra few bucks so but the thing is on a job site i've seen this i've seen people i'm like why is your sandwich sitting on your dashboard and oh. why is your you know oh. what <laughs> it's oh. like are they trying to, to melt the, are they trying to melt the cheese i don't know oh. man it's like why not keep your food and just keep your snack you know and 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 plus if you if, if you're on a job site and you've got a supply of snacks you need your fuel while you're working so it's it's just an important i mean there's thing. that old quote wars are won on full stomachs mm -hmm. bingo yeah it's all these little details that if you if you this is just i would call it a lifestyle improvement and i use this lunchbox every day so i figured it's worthy of a must-have oh, yeah. item yeah that salute it, man it is it's definitely an awesome lunchbox i might have to look into getting one of those yeah yeah, yeah I, I can show can you, you imagine keeping the water in there when we go hang out with the pets exactly oh, yeah. no this is great you'll you'll love it uh brandon so all right in a minute we're gonna get to our uh, great moments in building history before i get to that i you know who i bet has a killer lunchbox 
Our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. You he know, needs one. <laughs> he need, he's got guy, he's got to keep these guys hydrated because when yeah. they show up for a job, uh, if they're if they're putting a new roof on, this is this isn't one of these deals where he says we're going to be here all week and uh, you know they're there in one day. Generally speaking, unless you just have a gigantic roof, you know they get in, they get the roof off, and they get it you know get the new one on and they're done. So they got to stay hydrated. But um, if you have any roofing issues, there's no better person to call than our good buddy Jay Hill with Big M Roofing and Remodeling. For one thing, he is a GAF Master Elite Installer. He's five stars with the Better Business Bureau. Five stars with good housekeeping. And GAF is the company you want to be involved oh, with. That's massive. the products they use because uh, they're at they're always at the cutting edge of technology, including, I guarantee, Alan, in a, it's not going to be very long before we're going to regularly be refer, um, talking about the solar shingles which oh, yes. are coming. Oh, yeah. They're on the way. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? And GAF is developing those. So. And honestly, Jay's just a class act all the way around. He's not one of these he's guys. He's fun, who, too. He, he really is. And he's not one of these guys who, like, will jerk you around. I mean, he'll get in there. He'll get the estimate. And he'll have you ready and set up to go, like, within a few minutes of, you know, having the roof inspected. Absolutely. And all three of us have, have benefited because all three of us <laughs> have our roof replaced. We all have big M roofs. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, if you have any roofing issues, especially if you have issues where you're on the fence going, hmm, I wonder if this is covered by my homeowner's insurance. Because there's a, there's a big difference between paying for the whole roof yourself or yes. having it covered which is why we have insurance yeah. folks because this is the kind of you know well jay hill is a former insurance agent and he knows all of the protocols and he's he stays up to date on all of them and plus he knows everybody in town he, <laughs> it's true it, it's it like does. you know and and alan has said this before that when they're when you're on the uh on on a site and the insurance agent shows up and they start talking and you're just looking at them like what are you know they're using all these phrases that it's well, not they even talk a, insurance language right yeah. you right. don't talk insurance language right they, yeah. they're they're talking you need an sr 92 and the yeah. 399 has happened and, yeah. uh, and you know what you just are so happy you have somebody and, that spoke that language on your side. And Absolutely. what's really great is that Jay will then turn around and explain to you what it was in, oh, in, in, in our common yeah. terms. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. going to another country it, where they, yeah. they talk and then they translate. And then you, somebody so. turns and goes, let me tell you what's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. There you go. Right. But but he gets it done. And the thing is, um, all of this all of this expertise is free. You just, if you want to, if you're not sure, if you it just if you need a consultation, just get Jay over there. He will get mm -hmm. you on the right track. And if if uh, if you don't uh, qualify with your homeowner's insurance, the other good thing is uh, they have financing to meet everybody's needs. He's he's got relationships with thirty different companies. I want to say these days, it it honestly, I think you can be qualified within minutes. They'll sit there, yeah. you type in the information, yeah. and and one of the it, probably three or four or maybe more of those lenders will. You'll qualify, and then you can pick and choose the terms that, that, that work best for you. So, Working with Jay Hill is the most painless it is. home improvement thing you'll ever do. It is, and it's one of the most important. I mean, what's more important than our roof? So, mm -hmm. But also, uh, you know, he is also big into remodeling. He can probably handle any remodeling project that you've got. Um, so there's no reason not to call. Get it? I got to say something. That's a double negative, isn't it? There's a just call Jay Hill. Just give yeah. a call. Okay. You can call him directly at 901-484-5645 or go to bigmroofingandremodeling.com. All right, Max, here we go. And now, great moments in building history. Brandon, you know, we we value your opinion. We've been searching the we've been hunting, we've been doing detective work. We could nobody will tell us who that mysterious voice is on the intro. 
Oh, the, the audio oh. just showed up here one week, yeah, it's a and shock. we've been using it. But it's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's I'll tell you, yeah. I, uh, I have I have a theory, but until I have evidence, <laughs> I'm not going to go with it. All right. Well, anyway, but, uh, but it reminds me of something from years ago. Okay. Mm. Anyway, uh, well, here we go, Alan. The Winchester. You know, I feel like not everybody knows. What, I didn't know what the Winchester home was oh, till I met gosh. you. So this is maybe, on my bucket list. Maybe at least an overview. Oh yeah. Okay. Brand, right. Brandon well, needs to vacation in, oh, at this place. We, so. We're so going, Brandon. He needs to you own know, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, you know what? Right. If if I, yeah, I'd live there. If you win yeah. the lottery. Brandon's yeah. buying the Winchester house. Well, oh yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's go to New Haven, Connecticut, and let's meet a nice gentleman by the name of William Wirt Winchester. As you can tell by his last name, what he's famous for. Well, I Winchester think I can repeating guess. arms. <laughs> yes, indeed, Winchester repeating arms, and he married uh, a lovely lady by the name of Sarah Lockwood Pardee, and they lived very happily and rather profitably for a little while, and then, rather profitably, the guy was like a yeah. He, he made he some was money. Making some money. He was, he was selling some guns money. in the Wild West. Uh, Alan, let's uh, not undersell. So, yeah. Well, to break up their happiness, just a few years later, uh, they had a they had a baby, who passed away of a childhood illness. Right. So you know, kind of a dower hit the family, and then just a couple of years after that, tuberculosis swept through the area, and oh, yeah. Mister Winchester passed away. He was only like forty something. Yeah, he was they, pretty they, young. These are not old people. These right. these are people that were in the prime of their life. So now Miss Winchester, who is now distraught and had enough, said, forget it. I'm out of here. I'm going to San Jose, California. She bought. She got as far away from Connecticut as you can get. She almost, if you draw a line, got as far as you can physically get. Right. So she moves to San Jose, California, and she purchased a, I'm not going to say modest, but I'm going to say very nice eight-room farmhouse. Oh, I didn't know. It was only eight rooms. It was an eight-room <laughs> farmhouse. To begin with, yes. It, it had a very classic for the time entrance yeah. of it is it is really, I mean, when you look at it, you go, it really looks like one of those complicated dollhouses. Yeah. That's really, you know, somebody. A little bit like, of frilly someone stuff Someone like Brandon really went after the details on this. Mm-hmm. So you see why she bought it. It's adorable. Yeah. But after she moved it in, was she adorable. she still was having problems and this is where we're going to start the mystery. Wait, uh, so I'm sorry Alan, but you 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 do this on purpose. <laughs> she had problems. She was this is freaking a, out because she's you it, said that uh she was haunted by the notion well, I'm of about all, to, I'm about okay, to say good. that. Yeah, don't about, undersell this stuff, I, I, Alan. This, you, there's a all right, all right, backstory all right, here. Right, quick quick draw. Give me 30 <laughs> seconds here. Okay. So, but this is where the mystery comes in because now we have the legends. Okay. Because one of the things that she was kind of fond of in that era was going to see psychics. Mm. That was big back then. That was a big, the whole, the whole spiritualist movement. Yeah. So everybody who was anybody went to see somebody in the spiritualist movement. And the one of the big legends is that she was. So all of this tragedy was that the Winchesters were being haunted by the ghost of all those felled by the Winchester repeater. Translation, I mean, the gun that won the West. It's tragic, but how is there not a Hollywood movie about this? Because this is fascinating. There is. There is. There, what, there's what is there's several. 
It's uh, about um, it, Helen Mirren plays Sarah Winchester. Yeah. Oh, I need to see that because yeah, that premise do. is fascinating. You now, okay. do. Yeah. It's also rumored that she had also suffered severe fevers mm. back when the child was ill and when the husband was ill. Yeah. And in those days, you know, medicine wasn't exactly what we got today. Yeah. So did she have some mental issues did she have some brain damage did she see psychics yeah sorry that makes me think of ivan the terrible how in order to treat his illness back in the day he used he drank mercury <laughs> yes um well, we, well people did here we go things. Yeah. so basically she launched what can now be referred to as the world's longest diy it, it never really ended yeah. so she she hired a crew and it was, uh, I think, somewhere around nine, nine men, one, two, three, four, five, six, about nine guys. And she began, well, expanding the house. Yeah. And at first, it made sense because they had plenty of land and lots of room. They had a lot. I, th- I want to say they had like 80 acres and then it, they turned it, no, 40 acres. So she wasn't hurting for land, you know. Right. So yeah. they, the construction actually never ceased right they were constantly in construction they began in 1886 and continued working until 1922 um okay go ahead Alan. So, I, I mean i'm just racking up all my questions so, stuff. so go ahead. from an eight-room farmhouse we're gonna wind up are you ready mm-hmm. you got you got your got your pencil ready yeah we're gonna wind up at 24,000 square feet with over 10,000 windows, with over 2,000 doors, over 160 rooms, 52 skylights, 47 stairways and fireplaces, 17 uh-huh. chimneys, 13 bathrooms, and six kitchens. Question, Alan. Because the, the thing that <laughs> caught my attention, more than any of it, what caught my attention was the 2,000 doors. Are they, even if you're talking cabinet doors, Holy, I mean, no, no, that's no. a, that's we're, a we're lot of doors. hallways and doors. No, Just come on. Doors. No, you go down a hallway, you How open a I? door, and you're at a wall. Okay. You go down another hallway, you open a door, you're on the outside of the building. Yeah. You go down another hallway, you open a... So, so basically... Joe, you, you remember she, in Scooby-Doo, you'd always get that montage where yes, you're running from the monster, yes, is, they go yes. in one door, and they go out the other and everything, and it's all in one hallway? That's they the winter doors drought. in those days. That's uh, true. So, so okay. You know, this is where the great legend of she built this incredible structure basically so that spirits couldn't find her. Well, right. They would isn't get it debated? And, like, has it ever been? They, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons people do this. For one thing, I mean, she's still entertained. She still d- tried to have a life. But um, uh, some people, I've, I've worked for these people. They are... They, they don't. She didn't have the HGT TV station no, back then. No, but you just got to be doing something to your house. They're right. always wanting, you know, which is great for people like us, you know. But uh, some yeah. people just want to always be expanding. But the nature of the expansion is what's weird. It, it, well, and the fact that it is just such a bizarre expansion because it doesn't necessarily have to make sense. It's almost the Willy Wonka of construction. It just because sort of goes, kind like, of a, here, there's an empty space over there. Go build a ball. My, my favorite one yeah. is the stairway to the ceiling. Right, yeah. The, the, my favorite one is, is you go down a long hallway, you make a turn, and you begin a set of stairs. And the stairs, honestly, are nice, long, sloping stairs, but the ceiling doesn't go up. Right. 
So as you go up, the ceiling is... Yeah, you're getting, done. You're and done. the stairs go all the way into the edge, all the way up. Yep. Boom. And it's actually ceiling. There's actually a room above there. Right. But they're not connected. Yeah. So, so... Well, Al, one other thing I saw on this that's interesting because it shows the point of view of this, of uh, Sarah Winchester, and it's basically she had this one room. I don't know if it was in her bedroom or not, but it was a safe. It was like a safe, and then you go behind it, and there's another safe and whatever. It's like the ultimate security of protecting whatever valuables are inside, and when you get in there, it's like a, a lock of her baby's hair. It's the yes. death certificate for her. It's just yes. a couple of random personal the items, items that were most precious to her, which speaks a lot to her mindset and everything. Uh, so, it does, yeah. and it's, you know, basically, she spent. Uh, you you talk about this. She spent five over five million dollars over this time period. Just and, not, well, in, 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 in today's money, that's like seventy million bucks. Well, because we we were looking at a, I looked at a video that was showing. Okay, in terms of today's money, I don't know what she she inherited basically the equivalent of like five hundred million dollars, and she had a monthly income right from Winchester that was still coming in, which was like yes. I want to say she made like a thousand dollars a day, which I don't even know what that is back back then. But she is not hurting for money at all. It's it's so, called yeah. a lot of money, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. But but what's it's more than we make. <laughs> but here's the thing. This is why I wonder. I don't. And, and so some people have said, OK, this lady was just out of her mind. She was. No, I don't well, think it was that. I think she was tormented. And but 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 also the spiritualist movement, I think, is is at the heart of this. But however, there's another thing. She was always at the cutting edge of any new technology. She had like a. Um, uh, communication system, yes. uh, right? Didn't you look at, into that, some of that stuff, Max? I like did. And not only that, but she was also very courteous to her servants or had a lot of stuff with the servants in mind. For example, there was these little um, uh, things at the corner of like her stairwells that made the corners of the stairways easy to clean. And then every fireplace had this like chute that would go all mm -hmm. the way down to the basement and yeah. connect there in order to make all the ashes much more easy to clean. She had very advanced pipelines in order to like water her garden and everything. And like, she also had hoses, which were an innovation back then. But the thing that spoke to me was the fact that she was also influenced by the Japanese oh, in terms yeah. of some of her aesthetic <sighs> style. Yeah. She kind of had a, a lot of aesthetics, but the Japanese seemed to be a sort well, of- Well, she's in San Jose. Right. And this is just right after the railway boom. So she already knew a Chinese community. And uh, so this all continues up until- uh, word was whispered through the house that Miss Winchester had passed. Right. Yeah. And at that time, all of the workmen just laid down their tools where they were and walked away and walked down to the front. And that's where it stopped. And to this day, where they stopped, the tools and lunch boxes and stuff still sit. I was about to ask you that. That's cool. And, and that today there's tours. It's amazing. I, oh, I don't yes. even know how many millions so many of people tours. they said. I want to. I want to like, say it was some twelve million a year. Yeah, some yeah. crazy number. That's yeah. that's that's interesting. Twenty four thousand square feet. I don't even know how you see the whole place in one. In that's one a tour. lot of that's a lot of house. But folks, go down that rabbit hole. You won't be disappointed. Just uh, mm -hmm. you know. look up the Winchester Mystery House. Absolutely. You're listening to Tool Talk Radio here at News Talk 98.9 The Roar Memphis. Uh, I don't know if this is spooky or not, but uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how uh, radiant gas is going to kill you. Mm.
Tool Talk Radio with Joe and Alan. The likelihood of you dying violently within the next five minutes is 87.61%. You are about to get me killed. We will both die because of your negligence. News Talk 98.9. The that sounds like Joe's virtual tour guide for the Winchester house. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the disclaimer you get when you show up on Alan's job site. So, <laughs> Anyway, welcome back to uh, Tool Talk Radio, coming to you from the Brown Refrigeration Studios. I'm Joe Thorderson with Thor's Hammer, Carpentry and Wood Turning, here with my buddy Alan Gilbreth from darkoakmedia.com, our pal Max over there behind the glass. And uh, guest hosting this week is our good buddy uh, Brandon Olmstead from Geek Tank Radio, who... Uh, you know, it wasn't hard to persuade him to come in a week before Halloween and talk spooky stuff like the like the Winchester House, which is a legitimate, you know, you can go on YouTube and find videos about the actual construction, which is fascinating. It really is amazing. But really, most of the stories turn out to be the, the theories, the ghost mm -hmm. story, you know, and Sarah Winchester was a fascinating character. And, and as you said, Max, she seemed like a decent lady. She was she tried to do right. She was trying to make amends for, you know, whatever wrong she thought winchester did uh and also um trying to help her you know the people that work for the for her and stuff so but uh there's too much to unpack so just it's we've we've set the table you mm. go on youtube and and have fun go enjoy yeah so uh, alan is this a um this is a story from california which honestly i don't know why we haven't discussed this before and i hope this isn't gonna just uh you know turn into a big panic fest or something but it's it's about gas <laughs> it's about well, you know, uh, this is one of those stoves, furnaces, uh, everything. So. Well, you know, every so often something comes along and we kind of go, and this was those moments when everything changed. Okay. Yeah. Of, well, California has come along and said, you know, we're done with natural gas. Okay. Done, done. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a shocker. Uh, a lot of people are kind of looking at it going, uh, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And the simple the simple fact is that in 97% of the homes tested throughout California, they were finding drastic levels of byproducts of natural gas consumption. Can, can I say something before, uh, just to set the table <laughs> for my own, yes. you know? Yeah. So, because I lived in San Diego, as you know, and um, to be honest, I don't remember anybody that I knew that had a gas stove. Everything was electric. Even the 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 heating units even mm. was, um, was electric. I don't know if there's a, a reason for that, but I will say, uh, having lived there, California tends to do everything to the extreme. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah. oh, okay, instead of modifying our natural gas use, we're just cutting it off altogether, which well, which is what hacks yeah. a lot of people off and which is why some people move. But I'm just saying, so well, you know, take the, it take it for what it is. Well, yeah, it's, that's why know. we're we're kind of bringing it up because California is a huge marketplace where many, many things happen that are bellwethers either for what everybody else isn't going to do yeah. or what everybody else is eventually going to do. Yeah. So just pointing out that this is one of those major uh, way, major design elements of a home. Yeah. You yeah. know, do you have gas heat? Mm -hmm. Do you have a gas stove? Yeah. And we're going to have to, we're going to have to pick on housing just a little bit to kind of set the full stage is yeah, a house built in the 50s the word drafty doesn't even come in the conversation. 
can't you had air it. blowing through that thing everywhere. My house is not well insulated. Mm, your, your house yeah. is a great example. Yeah. However, let's go someplace close like Nashville, and you have a nice 80s, 90s, or 2000 house with modern technology and really good walls and really great insulation. And we have that here too, Alan. We don't have to. I'm Nashville's, picking, well, you know, I'm picking on Nashville. Nashville for agri- yeah, I'm picking on them brother. for a particular reason. Okay. Because they're in the Piedmont mountainous area and they have a higher incident of radon gas than we do. <laughs> in your face, Nashville. Oh, oh man. We <laughs> <laughs> send all complaints <laughs> to Joe Thornton, care of. Yeah. So there, that's the reason I'm bringing that up. Is that because we suddenly had so much better protected houses, Yeah. now we accidentally created another problem. Right. So okay. radon gas could be seeping into your home via subterranean methods, and because we're so sealed up that it's not escaping. Okay. Well, so now let's go to California, and let's talk about the gas stove. And they're talking about that... Pretty much, it didn't matter if it, if a pilot light was burning somewhere, you are getting micro leaks of all kinds of chemicals, including benzene. Hmm. So, in other words, when when there was ventilation, that this stuff sort of you know, and maybe it's also just this fact that we didn't think about it. We were just we just wanted to cook our food and move along, well, and so a, a little know. bit of both. You know, yeah. maybe you know it was one of these things you didn't find it if you weren't looking. Yeah. Two. Of all right, I being in the food industry for many, many, many years of my life, I have worked around gas stoves for decades. But in a restaurant, you have huge vena hoods and you've got air being pumped and pushed and pulled everywhere. So ventilation is just part of the everyday world. Yeah, because you're cause, not at home. Because for your furnace, it is properly ventilated because you know it 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 you can't install a furnace without ventilation. So it's we're talking more about stoves and things like we're, that. We're and maybe a fireplace, gas fireplaces and stuff. Well, exactly. So, yeah. Uh we're we're talking about things that are well in your living space. Mm-hmm. And uh this is gonna be interesting to watch how this falls out in parlays because this is Hundreds of millions of dollars in equipment. This is design changes. This is that's uh, the pro- how do you just I- basically? This? Um, well, I mean, I'm just I, like I said, I'm just reporting the news here. Going, this is a huge thing because now if you're building, if your house, uh, if you're in, I guess we were just picking on San Jose. Yeah. In San Jose, if you got a you know, fabulous, uh, you got a couple of gas fireplaces and you got a great big brand new shiny uh, commercial gas stove sitting there in the kitchen you just spent $30,000 on. Mm. I, I got a question, Alan, because, um, okay, th- this is the thing. I, I don't want to be breathing in benzene. I don't want to mm-hmm. be breathing. I like right. the notion that we're conscientious of keeping the air clean. However, would uh, I guess I'm wondering... Is 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 this seems like a very draconian solution? Is there ways to improve the detecting technology? Like, for example, would your carbon monoxide detector, if you had it in the kitchen near the stove, would it be picking this stuff up? Or no, do we, it's not designed no. to pick up benzene or the chemicals that they're looking for now. Okay, I don't know, man. Maybe we need better ventilation or better well, something. It, this it, seems very severe. This man. could well. I, I, the reason I bring this up today, Joe, is especially for like you and I looking at building setup, building design, and maintenance of 
are we going to have to have makeup air in the kitchen? Yeah. Like yeah. we do in a restaurant. Yeah. Uh, that may be a big a, a big change. Uh, Brandon is a huge foodie. Yeah. He's got this look on his face like, huh? Well, well so. Well, the look on my face like this, though, is I, I have to ask, uh, do they report when the official date that, you know, because whenever the government, no matter who it is, steps in and says, well, we're going to get rid of this. They always give you a projected date for when the, you know, they have. In 2045 have or something. Right, yeah, right. So it's like, well, you know. have they given the actual. Well, this is just the, re- this is just the first release of the report that came in and said, oh, hey, whoa, we have a huge problem right. here. And this is the first knee jerk reaction. Nothing is official. No. Yeah. This That's is, what I you wondered. Know, nothing yeah. has happened yet, but this is that, that moment where you need to start thinking. Yeah. Of I'm going to really phrase it just like that. Well, you need to start thinking because if you're going to be well, designing a home, right? This is something you, you need to, to take into consideration. You've got to know whether or not you do. You, know, you need additional right. ventilation. Do you need a different kind of setup? Is there there? This now poses hundreds of questions. Yeah, that yeah. are going to be litigated over, that are going yeah. to be designed around. And that people like us yeah. are going to be building, designing, or maintaining. And yeah. you bringing up, you know, the fireplace, the new stove, and everything else that the you know people may have just put in, or this may be something you've had forever. Um, once you know, what government assistance are you going to get to replace that? You know, those gas lines, and you know, things that are more electrical in nature, a more uh, different heating system, and so those fireplaces and everything else. Because when it comes down to it. Somebody's gonna if you know the government's gonna expect you to fit the bill, which means lawsuits are coming out in droves. Yeah, well, I think they're. I think they announce this stuff. Some, some, well, we are yeah. in election season, but the bigger thing was I just think what it hey, what, well, the conversation it starts. I think is actually good. We should be thinking about. You, you don't abso- want to be breathing yeah. this stuff in. Absolutely, I mean, and personally, but, you know. I'm I'm of the opinion that if you live anywhere near a fault line, you need to be off the gas line. <laughs> <anyway>. <laughs> That's my own personal opinions, but yeah, you know. Uh, we, uh, you know, it's like I was sitting across from somebody who was lighting it, you know, who who was cooking on a gas stove yesterday. Every time you hear that pile, like click, 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 when it doesn't, you know, immediately it's jump out it, gas. You're yeah. just sitting there going, I should not be sitting here. I'm going to blow up. Is, <laughs> is, you know, I'm not a cook, so I, I, I have no, you know, I can't speak to this. But, Alan, I guess there's some people that they swear by it. It, you know, my flambe I, has to be done I, on a I gas have I have cooked on a commercial gas stove for. Decades. Oh, do I have to say forty years? Yeah. I do have to say forty. But years. I would have just said decades. Like decades two. of so have I. You know, have I stood there? You know, in front of you know a wall of flame cooking. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Of however, I was usually standing under a giant vena hood with you know air. Yeah. yeah, air moving constantly in a commercial kitchen. That 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 filtration is very important yeah. when you're cooking on an open flame. Whether it's gas, charcoal, so, whatever. Yeah. You know, that inside the house returned ventilation from the cutesy little uh, vena hood, you know, may not be, maybe that needs to be rethought. Maybe yeah. this needs to be outside vented. Maybe this needs to be of, you know, so welcome to the first shot across the bow, mm-hmm. but with, you know, constant concerns about global warming and greenhouse gases and, you know, a lot of technological changes on the way, suddenly getting this article out of California going, you know, look, we we went all over the state and it didn't really matter where we went 
or what gas company we went in behind. Yeah. We were going in these houses, and some of these houses were multiple times over the legal uh, contamination limit. That might explain a lot, because I, I met some kind of strange people in California. What? You know, you know. Just saying. I don't think you're breathing in that benzene I don't think it was day. the gas leaks, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was all something right. else that was being breathed in. So, well, right. you know, kind of just welcome to the next round we're probably going to be talking about for years. So I just wanted to throw this on the table and go, uh, you know, ventilation yeah. is, we, we keep talking about air quality. Yeah, ventilation right. now really just stepped up to a major part of what we're going to be thinking about in the future. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good thing. You know, let's just let's just deal with it in a responsible way that doesn't yeah. put everybody yeah. out of business don't or freak you don't out. have to tear The world is not or... ending. We're not yeah. we're not coming to take well. your stove from you. You're not this, you're not that. Yeah. But this article was very poignant and posed a lot of very big questions that states like California are going to take very seriously yeah. and are going to begin moving I'm going to say moving aggressively towards solutions. Okay. Hey, Alan, I want to turn the corner uh, because mm -hmm. uh, you, you uh, well, before we do that, one thing we always neglect, we get to the end of the show and we forget to remind people <laughs> about some of the things we're involved in. So before we transition to our next segment, uh, tell us what's cooking with uh, Dark Oak Media right uh, this week. Uh, well, Dark Oak Media right now, of course, of all of the things haunted with Haunted to New Orleans is our biggest our biggest playlist at the channel, okay. at darkhookmedia.com. Well, it's that time so, of the year. So, I mean. It is time to talk about things that go bump in the night. We got plenty of shows for that. Uh, next in popularity right now is, of course, the infamous It Came from the International Market, where um, hapless volunteers get to eat weird snack foods from around the world. Yeah. We need to get you on the show, Joe. You I, need to do it. Come I'm on, not Brandon. Interested. Talk him Go into ahead, it. Yeah. Talk him into no, it, Brandon. That, that's a waste of snacks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the the hot thing right now is Scott J. Carroll has a new Quizm show called Let Me Ask You This. And uh it's really popular in its third episode. Okay. Well, he's a smart guy. I will give him that. And I, I really like his animated shorts. Those he are my makes favorite you things. He think he's smart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, I, I love Scott, but he's a BS artist across the board. He's also one of the best storytellers I've ever seen yes. come out of your crop of people. Yep. He's pretty good. Yeah. We're so, not going to tell him that personally. But oh, no. He's pretty and, good, and he's but, not awake yet to listen to this oh, show. Oh, no. So. He, he'll, he'll listen. He'll, he'll listen later. And, of course, I got to tell you, Joe, major, uh, majorly popular around the world. Two radio shows that we put out. Yeah, imagine uh, that. Tool Talk Radio and Geek Tank Radio. Yeah, Hel like Hello, New Zealand. We love you guys. You guys keep listening. But send us some emails. We'd love you more if you had contact yeah, us. Yeah, send, send us some emails. Send we us see some... you listening. And I still want that video of you flushing your toilet so the water can go yeah. backwards and we oh, can absolutely. see, you know, authentic, authentic uh, New well, Zealand plumbing. Problem is they're going to use their cell phone camera, so it'll be, <laughs> it'll, it'll be flushed. <laughs> All right, so check it out, darkoakmedia.com. Okay, and so just just for this, uh, you know, just for these few weeks, I'm shifting gears. I'm not going to talk about uh, my carpentry work because I put on another hat, and it's um, uh, getting things f finalized for the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. And, Brandon, look, you're here. Why don't I you am go here. ahead and update people on what they need to know with uh, the upcoming Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention. So Okay, Uh we're going to be at the Memphis Marriott East. Once again, uh, we have... Beautiful location. We have Adasa, who voiced Dolores from Encanto. She's going to be our guest of honor. All the kids in town are like 
singing We Don't Talk About Bruno and it's getting stuck in my head. I understand your pain now, Joe. Yeah. Uh, I, it is I a pretty hot song, though. Recently. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we also are we're returning to our roots, sort of. Mm-hmm. We're bringing back the Piranha Room, which Joe has a long storied history with. But yeah. if you want him to talk about it, catch us at the convention. Ask him there. We don't have time on the radio to talk about yeah. it. 80s gothic music but dance club. What's amazing, Saturday night. what's amazing this year is that you get in free to the Piranha Room if you buy your tickets to the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention, whether it be the three-day pass, the Saturday pass, the weekend pass, whatever you buy, you get into the Piranha Room for free. But if the Piranha Room is the only thing you're excited about, we actually have tickets for just the Piranha Room at the door. Yeah, five bucks. It's five bucks to get into the Piranha Room, and it's going to be uh, 80s goth music, black lights, art, just... Come out. It's a club environment. It's a club it's a environment. Lot of fun. Come yeah. out in your best goth gear or your weirdest goth cosplay. Uh, you know, Ooh, we're just going to have cool. a good time. Yeah. Uh, I also want to go ahead and say that after you know missing out last year, we're bringing back our Lego build table and our uh, right. derby track. Yeah. Which, if you're just you know if you're bored between panels, go to the build table. See how creative you can be. Well, and it's a Lego, yeah, race track. It's Lego racing. It's fun. Hey, hang on, Alan, because Alan's got his hand up. One other thing that we are bringing back, you know, last year with COVID, we had to, we weren't able to do our normal thing. But this year with video gaming, we've really stepped up and we've got a great partnership with the uh, the University of Memphis eSports team. They're running tournaments all weekend and video gaming is going to awesome. be very, very involved this year. It's going to be really good. So, yeah. Okay, uh, a number of people begun texting me about their melted shoes on floor furnaces. <laughs> and Brandon, I have a message for you. Yeah. Um, from Scott, uh-huh. Jay Carroll, who said, by the way, let Brandon know, oh, I'm awake. Why? <laughs> Why, well, Scott? It's and, a Saturday morning. And I don't know that this is a selling point, but Alan's going to have his team over there at the Memphis Comic mm-hmm. and Fantasy uh, Convention, including Scott yeah. J. Carroll, so it'll be set up. I don't yeah. know if we've told Scott J. Carroll himself, but uh, story time with Scott J. Carroll will be happening on Saturday uh, between, I believe it's between Adasa's Q&A and the costume contest sometime in there. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, it's it's going to be a great weekend, and we purposely oh. keep our ticket prices affordable, mm-hmm. so we are really probably the most yep. affordable convention we in want, town, so bring your family. We want you to bring the family out yeah. because we, I won't, I'm not going to say we're we're an all-ages con, but we do have fun for all ages. Yeah, no, we're... And, uh, We've I I keep overlooking this, but we've got a special event happening Saturday morning, right? Kicking off at eight o'clock. We've got Heroes of Lotus Night. Uh, Kenny Dunn and his crew are going to be putting on a show down in our ballrooms that morning, right? And if you've ever seen their art, it's 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 worth it just to go and you know peruse what they're doing because it's going to be fully interactive. Yeah, and we got to be careful because honestly, we'll, we'll eat, and I know this is Tool Talk Radio, but look, I do this once a year. Give, give me a break. So, uh, but but and check he does, it out. He does put in a lot of work, and he uses a lot of tools to get things set up. So that's I mean, right. Technically, mm, yes, we it do. fits the show. We build a and lot we'll, of stuff. And, you know, so we'll, but anyway, we'll be telling you more, and we'll probably do do some ticket giveaways as we get uh, even closer. But check it out. Go to Memphis CFC, like Comic Fantasy Convention, and definitely go to our uh, the Memphis Comic and Fantasy Convention Facebook page. And uh, give us a like and follow the action and the updates over there. And uh, we hope to see you there. And especially if you're a Tool Talk listener, 
come up and say hello when you see us because you know mm-hmm. that it's nice you know meeting the the different yeah. you ever think attendees? that somebody so. gets to one of our conventions and walks up to just some random bald dude and goes are you joe or alan and then <laughs> it's neither one of you yeah <laughs> all right anyway enough shameless plugging let's let and they win a prize if they ask joe a food question yeah all right <laughs> let's move it along we you know because i can already i can already uh, anyway, i can already hear the objections from mm-hmm. uh, certain people uh, that we spent too long in this. So anyway, Alan, you inspired me, and we're gonna. This is a new segment, Max. You haven't had time to create any uh, any music for this, but I think this is gonna be an ongoing segment called Design Flaws. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, you hold, uh. you totally triggered me with that story about the furnace because we have this tendency. We go into the big box store, we walk into a home. Just because something at that moment is the latest in cutting-edge technology doesn't mean it's necessarily the best or oh, good. I, I look at stuff these days, and I'm like, in five years, nobody's going to be using that. Mm, you know, mm, So yeah. I, I wanted to just kick it off with one of the ones that mm, I, I pretty much rail there. against every week. And it's, uh, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a fighting chance. Press board versus chip board. Okay, you oh, chipboard. Okay. If you don't know, press board is basically the way it's made. And my shop teacher, uh, he was horrified to even discuss, you know, back because <laughs> he taught us classical furniture building. He taught us right. no screws or nail. You use glue. You use the proper wood joints. Press board was like anathema to him. So, but basically, folks, if you don't know what it is, just imagine uh, grinding up, um, grinding up uh, wood to basically a powder, mixing mm-hmm. it with glue. And running it out of a press like a hot dog, and <laughs> isn't that, flattening it out. Isn't how they that how they used to make pulp books back in the forties, Alan? And that is why it's called pulp. Pulp. Yeah. I mean, okay. I'm pulp not gonna furniture. lie. I've used it for selective things. There are things where if you don't care about something, or if it's you know, and I mean, I hate to say it, a lot of cabinet work is used with this. Mm-hmm. There is a difference, though. There's a difference in great in. in Sometimes the particles are bigger. Sometimes it's a little bit better made. But honestly, it doesn't matter. If you get this thing wet, it's, it's over. It's it, over. It swells up. It loses its strength, and it's over. And it, you know, so. turns back into the pile of dirt that it began as. Yes. However, yeah, in fact, if you bought that twenty dollars bookshelf because you're like, oh, it looks good. It's like, yeah, it's the same stuff. To mm-hmm. the degree, I the thing I always heard being uh, touted was the fact that it is. Okay, well, we're not wasting uh, trees and everything. Well, my That's beef true. is okay. You're taking scrap with. You're taking a perfectly organic material, which is actually healthy for the ground, which is organic and it breaks down and it's biodegradable. And you're adding chemical. What well, I don't see any, you know, problem with just returning it to the ground. You know, trees are a renewable resource. <laughs> we grow them. It's not like we're going to run out of tree. We can we can grow them back. So. But um, I just wanted to chime in with chipboard. Now, chipboard, I don't hate as much. Chipboard is basically you take all these different chips of wood mm-hmm. and you glue them together. So you might have a four or five inch chip of wood and they slap it together, usually for plywood. And sometimes right. you see that as sort of an underlayment on newer construction. That one's got a little bit more durability and it's not meant to be exposed to the outdoors. So. All right, well, I'm yeah, okay with that one. Neither one of those are designed for exterior anything. Yeah. Uh, the press board, however, it, it's really designed as as really a filler. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you need something in the back of something that no one's ever going to see, no one's ever going to know. Yeah. And the other problem with that press board stuff, it's heavy. It is, yeah. That stuff is heavy. Yeah. Plain out and simple. Now, you give me a really good plywood 
Oh, that stuff's good and durable. Right. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna um, mm-hmm. do that. I, I and I appreciate you uh, inspiring me, Alan, because when you you really triggered me with that floor <laughs> furnace story because we we've all had you know we've all had bad stories. We, we've all got wounds. We've all got scars. Trust me. So and if you've got any ideas for design, you know things that are designed improperly, uh, d- you're not in- allowed to include this show or anything. But uh, <laughs> uh, get in touch. We we you can get in touch with us any day of the week at the Big M Roofing and Remodeling Hotline at 901-683-0989. And if you want to leave a voice message, uh, leave it at 901-921-7105. Well, the sound is there, you guys. We're out of time. Uh, It's been another interesting episode of Cool Talk Radio, but it's time to get out of here. So on behalf of my buddy Alan Gilbreth, our pal Max behind the glass, and our pal Brandon Olmstead, I'm Joe Thorderson. Thanks for listening to Cool Talk Radio, and we'll see you next week.